Hello there, this is Dee, and welcome to episode 77 of the Benzo Free Podcast. Wow, a, a lot has happened. <laughs> I'm not sure where to start. Sorry I didn't get the podcast episode out on time on the first of the month, but here it is, a week late, and <laughs> thanks for sticking with me. You know, I do want to open with one thing here, and it's it's a bit heavy, and that is... um. I would like to dedicate this episode of the podcast. It's the first time we've ever dedicated an episode of the podcast to someone that I can re- recall, but I'd like to dedicate the, this episode to David. David is the brother of a good friend and longtime listener of the podcast, and he tragically is no longer with us. I, I don't want to share names or last names or, or much more than that out of respect for the family, but I can tell you that it appears his death is likely due to a combination of opioids and a recent prescription from his doctor for Xanax. (sighs) Why? Why why is this still happening? About 30% of opioid overdose deaths also include benzos. There's even an FDA black box warning about this, issued in 2016, and yet it still happens. Please, please know what drugs you are taking. And if you're at all concerned, talk with your doctor. Opioids and benzos do not mix well and can lead to death if not careful. And... And to my dear friend and her family who are mourning this loss, our, our thoughts and prayers are here with you. This one's for David. Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Now, that being said, I'm going to try to get me emotionally back to the podcast here. Um, anyway, I just wanted to say that. So, hello there. It has been a while. I am so sorry for the delay in getting out this episode. No excuses. Um, you've heard plenty of those from me lately, and I don't want to go down that road much more. My my folks, my parents back in Kansas City, that situation, it's it's still really difficult, and it's going to be going on for a while longer. But I need to get back to some semblance of normal. So here I am, back on the podcast, ready to get this thing back on track. As for the podcast, I've decided on a few changes. Instead of one lengthy podcast every month, or attempting to release every month, I've missed one or two lately. 
I'm going to try moving back to weekly podcasts for a while, but in a slightly shorter format. Instead of hour-long podcasts each month, we'll focus on weekly podcasts of about 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so. Some will be a little shorter, some will be a little longer. T today's podcast, as you can tell, will still be longer since it's kind of the first one kicking off, and this was supposed to be the podcast I released on April 1st. I hope this new format will allow us to have more frequent contact, and by keeping it short, I'll be able to record, edit, and produce it in one day. That's my goal, and then I can just block off Fridays and say, that's podcast day, and I can get the stuff done. Um, I'm really hoping this can create some consistency and put consistency back in the podcast, which, as many of you know, has been lacking lately. It'll also free up my schedule for other activities um, that I've been doing lately, like my family, um, working with them, and um, working with some other organizations, which I'll talk about in a little bit. I think we're going to keep the podcast audio only. I really like this format for the podcast. I know we tried the video for a while, but I think this works best for us. As for the Benzo Free Roundtable, which I've <laughs> announced several times, the launch has again, yes, been pushed back, but this is a good thing, to Thursday, May 20th. And I'll sound, uh, I'll sound, ugh, I'll send out more notifications about that um, soon. This is nobody's fault but mine. Um, Dr. Stephen Wright and Dr. Christy Huff are still on as, as the core panelists and have been very patient with me as I've dealt with my personal issues and other things going on. But it's still happening, happening, and I can't wait to kick it off next month. Um, as you can say, tell right now, too, I'm having a few um, flubs here, and I'm leaving some of those in because, again, as I go to this weekly podcast format, I'm also going to keep it a little more real, and I'm going to try to do a little less editing um, on it. We'll do some, but not as much. So, I don't know. I like this direction. I'm sure you'll let me know what you think. As for easing anxiety, um, our YouTube channel, well, it's not dead, I promise you. <laughs> But it may be without some new content for a while. It's just not the top, top priority. I want to keep it going, but there are other things right now that are, that are um, taking that priority, like my family. Um, the podcast is my number one priority, and I want to make sure that keeps going. And a uh, new adv advocacy. <laughs> and a new, let's slow down. We can do this, D. And a new advocacy position. See, there you go. <laughs> That'll talk about more here in a bit. Slowing down, my voice drops. I can speak more clearly. But when I talk to you, sometimes I get excited and I speed up and then I start to mess up on my what I say and stuff like that. Anyway, um, so let's slow down and bring it back to the to the normal podcast pace and um and tone. <laughs> But if you'll stay tuned, um, when I have time, I promise I will put new videos up on that channel. But the podcast right now is our flagship, and I want to keep that going. I don't want to lose much momentum there. That's just too important, and I can't wait to kick off the roundtable. So those I'm going to focus on for a bit. Today, our format will include our introduction, which you just heard, our spotlight, Benzo News, Benzo Stories, and Moment of Peace. There's no mailbag or feature today but the mailbag will be the core of next week's episode. Now that we're doing these a little shorter, some of the different sections of the podcast will appear in different weeks. 
And sharing the mailbag next week is when I get to share your comments and questions and suggestions, and I really look forward to that one. And of course, as always, before we move on, I'd love to hear from you. Comment on our videos on YouTube, on our podcast posts, via our feedback form on our website at easinganxiety.com feedback. And while you're there, perhaps you might want to subscribe to our mailing list. Or even, you know, donate to support the work we do. Trust me, every little bit helps. And thank you to those who have been helping out. And remember, the Benzo Free Podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. Well, let's move on to our Benzo Spotlight. In our Spotlight section today, um, I'm going to ask you to bear with me for a second because I'd like to share with you a story. It's about what's been going on in the background here. It's, it's a Benzo story, but of a different sort. Not an individual story of struggles and withdrawal, but instead a story about people getting together in the community. If you've ever told yourself that you can't make a difference, just listen to the story and see how people are making a difference in their communities to help people who are dealing with health and mental health difficulties. And this isn't about me making a difference. I was just along for the ride on this one. It's about all the others, the people I met, the people I worked with, who allowed me to join in. They're the ones that had the energy. They're the amazing ones. And they're the ones that I'd like to tell the story about. And it's a happy story. So I think you might like it. I haven't shared this before with you because, well... I really don't know, <laughs> mostly because I didn't think it was my story to tell. But now that this group we formed is public and gaining recognition, I think it's about time to talk about the history a little bit and how it came to be. So, you know, gather around the campfire, put a few marshmallows on your stick, sit back, relax, and I'll tell you a short story. Once upon a time, there goes my voice. <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> Once upon a time, that's better. Back in March of 2019, <laughs> soon after I launched the Benzo Free Podcast, I received a message on our feedback form from a listener. Her name is Jill. Now, I'm not going to share Jill's full name here, even though I am sharing other people's full names, because she's no longer involved in this um, organization. She had to leave for other reasons. But I still wanted to talk about her involvement since she started our side of this story and I wanted to include her. So for now, it's just Jill. Anyway, Jill was a listener of the podcast and read my book. This alone made my day. I mean, honestly, somebody read my book and listened to the podcast. You know, when people tell me that, it still sends a shiver up my spine because I can't believe people actually find my book or what I say useful. So... Thank you um, for those who do. I do appreciate it. Anyway, she shared a story with me, and I read it on the podcast. I shared her Benzo story on our podcast. It was in episode 14, I think, titled Finding Faith, Hope, and Acceptance in Benzo Withdrawal. It was the interview with um, Jennifer Lee. Anyway, here's what her initial feedback read when she reached out to me. She said, Hi, I've been injured by Benzos, and I am currently tapering. I'm getting people together in Colorado who would have an interest in informed consent legislation. Would you be willing or able to help? 
I took benzos as prescribed, and I am suffering greatly now. I will be in the Denver area this weekend, so if you'd like to meet up, please let me know. Well, um, I wrote back to Jill, and we met up for lunch in Denver. I, I, I think we had barbecue. Yes, we definitely had barbecue. I like my barbecue. Anyway, um, food I remember. <laughs> if you ask me what I did three weeks ago, I can, can't tell you. But if you ask me what we ate, I probably will be able to let you know. <laughs> anyway, I was already thinking that it'd be great to get involved with some kind of legislation. Um, Sonia Stiblo has been doing, and all the people in, uh, in the East and in Massachusetts and um, and stuff have been doing such great work out there. I thought, you know, maybe we should do something in Colorado. But honestly, I just didn't have the energy or the will, I guess, to get anything started. I was keeping myself busy with the podcast. Anyway, my answer was yes. Um, I'd love to to help out and, and um, get involved. Jill had already reached out to Sonia about her amazing work in Massachusetts. So she was way ahead of me. I was happy to let her take the lead, and I'm glad I did. Slowly, we started to collect other interested individuals. John was next, John State, from Eagle County. He had local government experience as a tireless advocate and was vital to our cause, as you will see. And then Jill met with Steve, and he joined the team. That's Dr. Stephen Wright addiction medicine specialist, and benzodiazepine advocate extraordinaire. You may know him from our two-part interview on the podcast, episodes 21 and 22, Conversations with a Doctor. Soon, some other amazing people who had also been harmed by benzos joined in. Dr. Christy Huff, a cardiologist who was on the board of Benzodiazepine Information Coalition, and was also on our podcast on episodes 44 and 45, A Conversation with Dr. Christy Huff. Jane McCubrey, Ph.D., a researcher who designed and implemented the Benzo survey with Christy Huff. And Terry Schreiber, founder of the Schreiber Research Group, a nonprofit dedicated to research awareness and community outreach related to addiction-prone substances. They work with opioids and benzodiazepines. All exceptional professionals with amazing backgrounds. And we started to meet. And we became friends. Good friends, I dare say. Jill, John, Jane, the three J's as I called them, <laughs> Christy, Terry, Steve, and me. Six of the seven personally struggled with severe benzodependence and withdrawal, and two are medical doctors. It was a pretty nice group. Anyway, we wanted to get an audience with the state government for informed consent legislation. But where do you start? Well, John had the answer. He knew Jill Hunsaker Ryan when she used to work in Eagle County, and he reached out to her. She is now the Executive Director of the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, or CDPHE. Yes, the big cheese when it comes to public health in the state of Colorado. John shared his story with Jill, and she listened intently. She truly cared what her friend had been through, and that got us a meeting with her staff. And we went to work preparing. The meeting went well. Jill, John, Jane, and I shared our stories with her staff and talked about goals and areas where we can make progress. They listened politely, asked some questions, but we weren't sure we really had an effect. And we learned a few things. We realized that for us, perhaps, 
pursuing legislation for informed consent at this juncture may not be our best approach, may not be where our energies need to be geared towards. The break came when the CDPHE tied benzodependence to suicide risk. The governor had reducing the state's suicide rate as a priority, and here was a new angle to take for that. And from there, it steamrolled. We finally got invited to the big meeting and learned that others in the state had also been working on this problem. It wasn't just us. We just didn't know who each other was. And this meeting with the state was that introduction. Well, we couldn't really go to the meeting if we didn't know who we were, so we decided to give our little group of seven a name. And we called ourselves Benzo Wise Colorado. Eh, kind of catchy, and I think it worked. On December 12, 2019, at 11 a.m., we attended a meeting titled Issues Around Benzodiazepine Dependence. And the list of attendees blew my mind. Some of the state's top physicians, pharmacologists, administrators, and lawmakers were at this table including several members of the Colorado Consortium for Prescription Drug Abuse Prevention, who coordinates Colorado's response to the misuse of medications, and medical professionals from the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Center, among many others. And of course, <laughs> our little group of seven. Some of us told our stories. Others talked about top issues. Dr. Stephen Wright gave a wonderful presentation on benzodependence. Dr. Rob Valak, who is the executive director of the consortium, presented the pharmacological angle. And yes, we also interviewed him on our podcast. See, see a trend here? <laughs> if you go to episodes 69 and 70, titled Benzopharmacology Dependence and Advocacy, a conversation with Dr. Robert Valak, you can learn more about him. Dr. Wright was perhaps the first doctor that I worked with that I felt really understood, really got it. And suddenly now we're sitting at a table with many others who also got it. Others presented statistics and reports on suicide, and everyone seemed interested in the message. Now, we didn't know what would happen after that, but we were really excited because it was a great start. The work continued over the following months, and fast forward to July of 2020, the state of Colorado had its first benzodiazepine safe prescribing slash deprescribing work group meeting. Virtual, of course, since we are in the middle of COVID. And it not only included many of the original players from December, but also new members from some of the leading organizations in the benzo community who had also been doing their own work and research and advocacy in so many other areas. Groups like Benzodiazepine Information Coalition, including JC, Nicole, Sonia, and of course, Christy. The Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices, including Doreen and Dr. Steven. The Schreiber Research Group, including Will Swan and Terry Schreiber, and others. I was amazed. And the subjects of that meeting included, now get this, the development of a pilot benzodiazepine clinic. Yeah a model that can be used as a template across the country and the globe, an actual clinic dedicated to benzodiazepines. In addition, we talked about a public health campaign, 
education of medical professionals, and a peer support resource program. We broke the workgroup out into three subgroups, prescribing, which is focused on raising awareness of the overprescribing of benzodiazepines, deprescribing, which is, of course, focused on withdrawal, and peer support. I joined the peer support subgroup since, well, that's what I do. <laughs> that's the podcast. And it wasn't long until the Colorado Consortium for Prescription Drug Abuse Prevention asked if we wanted to join them as a brand new work group. This was truly exciting. The consortium adds so many resources to our advocacy. And we agreed. And we became known as the Benzodiazepine Action Work Group. And that's the name we use today. Now, to lead this new work group, two individuals were chosen as co-chairs. Dr. Alexis Ritvo, who was an MD at the University of Colorado School of Medicine and was instrumental in getting this work group going. And Dr. Stephen Wright, part of our original group of seven. It was the perfect team to get things moving. And we have made a lot of progress in the past year. Now jump ahead to today, to this month actually, Dr. Wright stepped down as co-chair after getting our work group off the ground and making such progress. Now, he's still very active with benzodiazepine awareness and very active with the, with the work group and the consortium. And I stepped in as the new co-chair alongside Dr. Ritbo. So, wrapping this up, <laughs> why am I telling this story? A few reasons. Um, one, because I believe anybody can make a difference. Anybody. And I'm not talking about me here. I'm talking about these other people, um, that group of seven that got things moving, the the leaders, the, the doctors, and other people who saw that this was a problem, the state leaders who saw that this was a problem, who came together and decided we're going to do something. Anybody can make a difference. The second thing I wanted to let everybody know is that there is far more going on behind the scenes in our benzo community than any of us know. There are dozens, even hundreds, of people who spend every day working on legislation public health campaigns, providing support. And most of them are unsung heroes. Unlike me hosting a podcast where my name's out there, most of these people you don't know. The true heroes are the ones behind the scenes, the ones whose names you may never have heard of. The ones on Benzo Buddies every night answering the endless array of questions from the newcomers. The ones hosting an event for WBAD at their local church. The ones painting rocks to spread the word. These are the people making the difference. And I want to thank them for everything they do. And the third thing I wanted just to mention was for our team, and this was a choice, and it's not the choice for everybody, but for our team, for our group of seven, and for all the other people that came in and got involved, we decided to work with the system. I'm not saying it's everyone's way, but it worked for us. By deciding to work with the medical establishment, to work with mental health partners, to work with government officials, and not be confrontational, but instead focus on making positive change through teamwork, we opened a door. And a group of people who were already there and knew about the problem and listened to our stories decided to do something about it. 
And that's a huge thing. This worked for us. And we are starting to make a difference. And it's pretty cool. I, I want to say thank you to the friends of the Benzodiazepine Action Work Group, all the people that are involved there, and at the Colorado Consortium for Prescription Drug Abuse and Prevention. And to Jill Hunsucker-Ryan, um, state official who, who took the plight of the benzo-harmed individuals seriously. But most of all, I just want to give a shout out to John, Jane, Christy, Steve, Terry, and especially you, Jill, for believing that six benzo-harmed individuals and one amazing doctor can truly make a difference. I love you all, and I thank you for everything you have done. And now, on to our benzo news. I feel like I want to have this typewriter in the background. Um, that's old school. I'm old, so that's what I talk about. Anyway, <laughs> it's been a long time since we um, visited the Benzo News on the podcast, but there were two events that I needed to mention here, so I thought we could return to this section today. Who knows? You know, maybe this is going to become a regular part of our podcast, especially now that we go to this weekly format. The first item I wanted to talk about is actually tomorrow. <laughs> if this podcast I'm hoping is goes out today, this event is tomorrow. Either way, it's Saturday, April 10th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Anyway, Dr. Stephen Wright, who I just talked about in the last story, Carrie Silvernail, who of course is also on the Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices, are both interviewed on the show with Dr. Paul Christo, who is a world-renowned pain specialist from John Hopkins, and they talk about benzodiazepines on Sirius XM. So if you have Sirius XM, go to Family Talk Channel 131 for this event. And again, that's tomorrow, Saturday, April 10th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Let me tell you a little bit about it. This broadcast will cover benzodiazepine dependence, withdrawal, the ongoing benzodiazepine injury syndrome, and pain management for injury due to the use of benzos. This broadcast will feature interviews with benzodiazepine expert Dr. Stephen Wright and benzodiazepine injury sufferer Carrie Silvernail, both from the Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices. Please spread the word and tune in. And special thank you to Bernie Silvernail and the Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices for making this event happen. To learn more, please visit the Alliance's website at benzoreform.org. There's a blurb for this event right there on the homepage. I'll also put a link in our show notes. The second event is on Tuesday, April 27th. The Benzodiazepine Action Work Group, yes, the one I just spotlighted in our last section, is hosting a virtual screening of the film Medicating Normal. If you haven't seen this film, I recommend checking it out. And this will be followed by a post-screen panel discussion and Q&A. The panelists for this event include Alexis Ritfo, MD. She is a board-certified addiction psychiatrist and co-chair, like I mentioned earlier, of the Benzodiazepine Action Work Group. Leslie Brooks, MD, board-certified family physician and chief of addiction medicine for Summit Stone Health Partners. John State, a tireless patient advocate who is currently tapering from benzodiazepines and antidepressants and is a member of the Benzodiazepine Action Workgroup. Terry Schreiber, CEO founder of the Schreiber Research Group and who also struggled with benzodiazepine dependence and is also a member of the Benzodiazepine Action Workgroup. And Trina Fotz, 
facilitator of the Boulder County Substance Use Advisory Group, and of course, like many of the others, a member of the Benzodiazepine Action Work Group. Yours truly has been invited to be the moderator and host for this panel, so please join us if you have time. I really want to thank the filmmakers Wendy, Lynn, and Muffy for this film. Angela Peacock also for all her amazing outreach she's been doing. And especially Nicole Lamberson, who has been our primary coordinator for this event and is just amazing. And yes, is also a member of the Benzodiazepine Action Work Group and is on the Medical Advisory Board for Benzodiazepine Information Coalition. Tickets are available online for a recommended donation of $5. The easiest way to learn more and buy tickets is on the film's website at medicatingnormal.com. Just click on Watch the Film and scroll down to the April 27th event sponsored by Benzo Action Work Group. I really hope you'll join us. And that wraps up our news. If you know of any news items in the Benzo community you'd like us to cover, please send it to us via our feedback form at easinganxiety.com feedback. And now let's move on to our Benzo stories. Today I have two stories to share. One from Africa and a short update story from the U.S. Our first story comes to us from Nigeria. Godson was kind enough to share his story with us, and I thank him for his courage. But before we get into his story, I do want to place a disclaimer here. This story can be hard to hear since he discusses his struggles with severe symptoms. If this may be a trigger for you, it might be a good idea to skip this section. You can find a time index in our show notes and jump to the next section if you'd prefer. Okay. Let's hear from Godson. Today I listened to your podcast on predominantly benzo belly and the testimony of the lady from Switzerland. I was blessed. My story started over 10 years ago. I had pains in my chest, so I was given Feldine injections. The pain would stop, but continue again 30 minutes later. When it persisted, I went to the hospital, where I spent some days in bed. I was treated, although medics didn't tell me what it was. But the gnawing pains persisted. At last, the doctor called me to his office, inquiring about my personal life. After I replied to him, he concluded that the challenge was stress-related. But he didn't put me on any medication at the time. About 10 years ago, I was introduced to bromazepam, amitriptyline, and propanol with routine ulcer drugs. I've taken omeprazole daily for 10 years. When I started the benzo and antidepressant 10 years ago, I became well, and I gradually increased the dosage, but not too high. Later, I had hallucinations because I was also on Flutex. When I complained, the flutex was removed and the bromazepam was replaced with nitrazepam. And then I googled the dangers of benzos. By this time, I was on about 25 milligrams of nitrazepam daily. I really was enjoying it, most especially whenever I engaged in stressful activities. I would just gulp down 5 milligrams of benzos and all would be well. Whenever I traveled, I went with the wonder drug amitriptyline. I only took amitriptyline at nights because it made me drowsy. But with nitrazepam, I was okay all day. 
and he even drove my car everywhere. So after finding out about the risks of benzos in March of 2020, I decided I must stop no matter the consequences and my faith in Jesus. Actually, I started feeling condemnation for abusing this drug, not just as a Christian, but also as a preacher of the gospel. This is because I used old prescriptions to obtain benzos from the pharmacy, and to me, this was a sin. However, in March, all hell broke loose. I had burning heat sensations on my skin, which I alone saw and felt, plus strange smells like decaying animals. I also felt abdominal pain, which made me miserable. So I decided to move from my family to my elder brother's house, whose wife is a nurse and works in a hospital. They took me to the hospital. This first night, I lost all memory and also went into another world. But that lasted only one day. Then, panic attacks. Fearfulness, restlessness, anxiety, insomnia, claustrophobia, vomiting, nausea, diarrhea, constipation, drastic weight loss. I had cold ice droplets on my skin, heat waves, dizziness, blurred vision, face pain, neck pain, twisted tongue, painful urination, wobbling legs, muscle tension, sensitivity to light and sounds, stomach pains, indigestion, bloating, bleeding hemorrhoids, tingling in the ears, burning heat sensations on the skin, pelvic pains, and the list goes on. After four months on amitriptyline, which I reduced the dosage of personally because of my fear, the psychiatric doctor stopped my appointments. So I moved back to my family. All of their symptoms had ceased, but the fearful physical ones rose up. The bloating and stomach pains are the worst. Initially, I could move around, but now eight months into complete stoppage without tapering, to move around is very difficult. Now, I was blessed when a few months ago I came across Benzo Buddies. Although I've been very fearful, reading about the Benzo Belly Syndrome gave me hope. It was today that I heard your podcast. In conclusion, I decided to trust God completely for my healing. The symptoms now is mostly the twisting-like stomach pains, but I believe God that he will recover me completely. I, I don't know if anyone out there has been through it this way, but this is my story so far. Godson. Oh, thank you, Godson. Uh, I'm sorry you're going through such a horrible time. And, and thank you for the courage to share your story here. And, and I'm so glad that you have your faith to rely on. H having some belief system to find comfort in can be a lifesaver for so many. And I'm glad you have that as your resource. And, and the combination of medications, it's so common with people on this podcast. So many of you have been prescribed multiple drugs, and, and it can be so confusing and distressing when, when you don't know which ones to take, which ones to taper, which ones to curse for causing problems. I, I know this is incredibly hard for you, and, and I hope you have found some solace in your faith and the support you have found online. God bless 
Godson. Our, our next story is from Connie in Oregon in the U.S. Connie sent me an update a little while ago, and I wanted to share it with you. Connie writes, I'm still here, reading your emails and looking at the YouTube videos for easing anxiety, which I have shared with a few people. My final completed benzo ween, fourth attempt to get off temazepam, was done by substituting it for a similar dose of citalopram, starting in January, and then rather quickly reducing the dosage. Your book was my constant companion and guide. I finished on February 8th of 2020, had a rough time for several weeks mentally and physically. But by the time self-isolation started in mid-March, I was doing okay, sleeping better, and thinking more clearly. At some point, the IBS I have had for years really flared up, bad enough to interfere with sleep, and sometimes almost constant. Your two podcasts about benzo gut really helped me to feel less alone. I'm positive it's part of PAUSE, post-acute withdrawal syndrome, and my doctor gave me an antispasmodic to try and control it. I eliminated some things from my diet one at a time for weeks at a time, but nothing really helped. And recently, I think things may be calming down a bit. You see, my mind is clearer and sharper all the time now. The fast wean worked well for me, and your book and podcast made me feel connected to others and reduced my fears. I already meditated pretty regularly, and that helped too. I, I don't listen as much as I used to, but that's because I'm doing so well. Thank you, Connie. Wow, thank you, Connie. Um, I love success stories like that, and thank you for the kind words about my book and podcast. That, that truly makes my day. I am so glad that you are doing well. Finding the right diet, both during withdrawal and in pause, can be essential to healing. I'm, I'm sorry that reducing the foods didn't make a significant change, but it sounds like you are definitely doing better. It can take some time to find the right solutions for each person, but when you find those, they can help you get through this process. I really appreciate you sharing your update with me, and please continue to do so. We'd love to hear how you're doing. Thank you so much. And for everyone else, if you haven't shared your story with us yet, or you have an update for us, please let me know. I have a few more in the queue to share, but with a weekly podcast, I may run out more quickly, so I always need stories. Just go to easinganxiety.com feedback and fill out our form so we can share your story on the podcast and in our story section on the website. Thank you. And that closes out our Benzo stories. If you allow me just 25 seconds for a disclaimer, we will move on to our moment of peace. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical health or psychological advice nor any other kind of personal professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org disclaimer. And that brings us to our closing, our moment of peace.
It's just one minute. And it's an opportunity to quiet your mind a bit before you return to the chaos of the real world. Please remember that you should only do this if you are in a safe place where you can close your eyes, relax, and let the world pass by without you for a minute. And today we're going to change up our moment of peace with our new format by shortening up our intro a bit and allowing you to get to the meditation sooner. We'll still start out with our three deep breaths, but then we'll move right into the relaxing sounds of nature or soft music and allow you to do your own meditation and ease the stress of your day. Let's get started. Close your eyes and relax. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly. Let's do that again. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly along with all the stress of the day. One more time. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly, relaxing your entire body. Now just breathe slowly and naturally and listen to the sounds of nature around you. Allow your entire body to relax as you focus on your breath and find the peace within. If your mind wanders, just gently bring it back to your breath. No judgment at all. Continue to do this for one minute. Our next scheduled episode is episode 78, and it will be released on Friday, April 16th. Thank you again for joining me today, and please let us know how we did. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself.
I'll see you next time.